Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, to the Sons of Liberty podcast. Today we chapter, chapter, tackle chapter four of the American crisis. It's a short chapter, but there's some really good material on here. We share to us, as they say. Those who expect to reap the blessings of freedom must, like men, undergo the fatigues of supporting it. Founding fathers did not get freedom easily. Many of them lost their entire livelihood. Families murdered. Houses burned. Businesses boarded. Businesses confiscated by the British. Goods confiscated. It's very rough on many of them. And obviously, the deaths besides horrible, horrible war. Which is kind of the point he's making here. If you expect to receive the blessings of freedom, the good things that come from it, you have to be able to undergo certain things that are not going to be pleasant along the way. almost like we have right now. You know, if anybody listens to this regularly, they know that I'm not exactly fond of what's been going on in our country. I refrain from making an entire podcast about it because it's just nauseating. So I choose to revisit the founders, but this is very applicable. If we wanna continue to enjoy the blessings of freedom, we're gonna have to undergo all of the things that come with supporting it. It's just a fact. So we need to be ready for uh, the conflicts ahead, so to speak, with supporting our politicians that are fighting for our rights, um, sending emails and phone calls to the ones that don't, and being ready to uh, fight for our rights peaceably. Men who are sincere in defending their freedom will always feel concern at every circumstance which seems to make against them. Similar passage to the last one that we just had. But uh, we can kind of elaborate on this in a different light, so to speak. So. People who are legitimate in defending their freedom, not just saying, like, I think we've all heard politicians say, I support the Second Amendment, but their support of the Second Amendment is a double barrel shotgun, and you can't own a pistol, you can't own a rifle, you can't own anything outside of some musket, or take whatever example you want, but you have a lot of people that say they support freedom, but they don't actually support it in the... Uh, in reality. But those who legitimately do say that they will and do, they're always going to be concerned when something comes up against what they believe in and what they're advocating for. It's like anything. If you're the boss of a department, if you're the boss of a department, sorry, I cut out there, and someone comes in and says, I'm going to fire everyone, you don't just sit on your hands and go, okay. Well, I guess you just have to fire them. 
You go, no, what, what, huh? Why are you firing my people? What, what are you doing? Why is that necessary? You're going to fight for it. So if people that listen to this are legitimately sincere about defending their rights, then you're going to have to be on guard for the next foreseeable future. I can't put a time frame on anything, but we always should be, but especially now more than ever, we really have to be. So feel concerned that something's coming up, which is going to be against what you believe in. Feel some concern, write emails, phone calls, join groups that advocate for what you advocate for, things of that nature. Gentlemen of the city and country, it is in your power by a spirited improvement of the present circumstance to turn it to a real advantage. How is now weaker than ever and every shot will contribute to reduce him. So this is more of a history lesson in this one. Kind of adds to how we won the Revolutionary War. It's a lot easier when you're fighting on your own territory. You know, we saw that in the Vietnam War, too. When you're fighting on your own territory and you have essentially infinite resources of manpower, weapons, in this case, gunpowder, in that case, bullets. And they, most people made their shot. Bullets were called shot in the Revolutionary War. Most people could make their own shot so long as they had some sort of lead or metal. They could pour it, melt, you know, melt it down, pour it into a ball, and make them. If you had gunpowder, it was easy. It's not like now where you need all kinds of materials to make ammunition. But when the British were fighting away from home, I mean, literally on the other side of the world, the second that one of the British soldiers died, there's a a weakening, a number. You, you, they didn't just go back to Boston and go, hey, hello, dear boy. It's like you enlist in the British Army. Come with us, please. They had to get another British soldier from England. So any replacements coming had to come from England, minus any loyalists that joined up, which in the grand scheme of things was a pretty small number. So the colonists were really amongst a we're not amongst, we're in a very advantageous position because the second they took out British soldier, they were in a position of advantage because there's a number weakened. Next one, number weakened, 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 weakened. So the longer the campaigns went on, the worse it was for the British. The British wanted a quick victory because that boded, bode well for them. They had the numbers of troops they thought to make a difference and crush the revolution. But you had, I'm not going to say the whole of the 13 colonies against them because you had, it's like anything, you had people on both sides of the issue, but there were more people against them than they could bring to muster, no matter how much of the British army they brought in because they had commitments around the world for the empire. So the rebels were definitely at an, at an advantage and they turned it into an advantage the longer the war went on. We are not moved by the gloomy smile of a worthless king 
but by the ardent glow of generous patriotism. We fight not to enslave, but to set a country free, and to make room upon the earth for honest men to live in. In such a case, we are sure that we are right, and we leave you, we leave to you the despairing reflection of being the tool of a miserable tyrant. I have these separately, but I want to talk about them together. I like the first part because I think it uh, kind of shows you a little bit of where we're at right now. I think a lot of people, me included, have zero faith in most of our political leaders, you know, state, local, and federal level. And worthless king could be described of many politicians currently. I, I think a lot of people feel that way. Remember Matt Getz mentioning during the impeachment last year that Congress had a 9% approval rating. Not 90, not 19, 9. 9. That meant 91% of American people did not like the Congress. I don't see that number changing. I think that number probably went down, if anything. And Worthless King is very descriptive of many a politician right now. But we're not moved by people like that. Generous patriotism. Dave Portnoy, Barstool Sports, shout out Dave Portnoy, has raised $26 million at last look, last glance. I'm sure it's gone up today. I haven't checked today. The Barstool Fund Generous patriotism, $26 million for small businesses. So we're moved by that, aren't we? But we're not moved by someone who says, close your business because I don't want you to be open. And let's stop pretending the lockdowns are for anything else other than they just, they found the power and they don't want to give it away. But we're not moved by that. We're pissed off by it. But when somebody like Dave Portnoy comes in and is able to give these businesses a lifeline, $26 million worth, and it's not just a one-time donation, it's a constant support until they're able to get back on their feet, we're definitely moved by that. I was moved enough by that to donate my entire quote-unquote stimulus, little $600, to that. I didn't need it. I've never needed it. I've been working the entire time at my job. I've been just fine. I've been getting a constant paycheck, so I didn't need it. But people like that move me in a certain way that I feel very patriotic and American to help someone. That's generous patriotism. So the passage continues. We fight not to enslave, but to set a country free. That's now, right? The lockdowns, people unable to make a living. We're fighting to set a country free fighting in a different way, mind you. We're fighting politically. We're fighting in the courts. We're fighting um, in our local uh, city halls, in the Capitol buildings. We're talking to politicians. We're engaging our local leaders. We're engaging community leaders. Open our businesses. Leave people alone. They need to make a living. Stop making things illegal. Stop making them earning a living illegal. So things like that, that's, where we're, that's what we're fighting to make free. Honest men, small business owners, honest men. We just want them to be left alone so they can do their thing. 
Government should be out of everyone's lives. Who cares what someone does at their business so long as it's within reason? Now, if they're doing something illegal, like, I, you know, prostitution or whatever, that's different. But if they're just trying to operate a restaurant, yeah, that's the government should stay out of their lives. Let them do their thing. Who cares? People could make their own decisions. That's what our country is founded on. It finishes, in such a case, we are sure that we are right. I mean, <laughs> I think that we are in this similar situation with the lockdown stuff. I think the time and place for that has came and went. And you have to find a way to let people get back to their lives in a safe manner. If people want to choose to stay home and not do anything, that's their decision. And I totally support them in that. But they shouldn't push it off on everyone else. Just because someone doesn't feel safe, everyone else doesn't have to not feel safe. I've been going to work the whole time. There are times I've felt unsafe and I've voiced that concern. But I kept going because, one, I wanted to make a living. And two, I felt that with the precautions that I was taking, I could keep myself safer than they could. That's just a fact. And we leave you to the despairing reflection of being a, the tool of a miserable tyrant. I've heard that tyrant term tossed around a lot this year. I think it's kind of applicable. It's uh, the tool of a miserable tyrant could be applied to many people that I, uh, I've seen in the news every day on television, on Twitter, you name the gamut of places. But yeah, we'll end it there. And just for clarity, this was written, Philadelphia, September 12th, 1777. The next podcast may be longer. Um, the chapter told me it was going to be possibly two and a half hours long. So, yeah, we may have a longer one. This one is entitled Chapter 5 to General Sir William Hope. So, yeah, we'll see where we stand next Sunday. Be safe. Please stay home. You don't need to. Uh, I would encourage you to stay home for the next few days. Don't go anywhere. You, you don't need to. You don't need to go show up at someone's Capitol building looking stupid with a, yeah, I digress. Be safe.